Good morning, everybody, and good morning to all of you worshipping at home this morning. Just on the little issue of the Bibles, um, at a charismatic uh, convention I attended years ago, a minister called Bob Mumford said, if your Bible is too good to write in, throw it away and get another one. So um, on a more sombre note, we are living in very troubled times at the moment, and no one except God has the answers for the conflict in the Ukraine. But he is working powerfully and uh, he's out of sight but he's really doing things we could never imagine. And we've sung this morning that he's the Lion of Judah, he's roaring with power and he's fighting our battles. And so that's the perspective I wanted to take with our prayer this morning. And I thought that uh, Psalm 46 helps us to just get that perspective. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So just let's take a moment now to be still before him and just lift our eyes and just look look to him for just a time of silence. Please join me in prayer. Loving Father, our hearts are heavy as we look at the suffering and loss of the people in the Ukraine and here in our own land where the floods have done so much damage to people's lives and property. We can only wonder how people can endure such suffering and heartache and we would totally despair were it not for your amazing grace. We thank you that when we do stop, are still and look to you. We instantly feel your peace and know that you are ruling over the world. You are in control. You are greater than any issue and you will have the victory. So we pray for the people of the Ukraine, Lord, that you will help them. Lord, your word tells us that you can do abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. And so we humbly ask that you will do this for the country of Ukraine. Thank you for the help they have received so far, especially from the people in Poland. And we thank you for the unity shown by the world leaders. Lord, they need your wisdom every day for their decisions. And we pray you will continue to guide, comfort and lead them. Especially President Zelensky, Lord, please protect him. We also pray for a miracle in the heart of Mr Putin. We pray that safe roads for evacuation can be made and protected, that aid will keep flowing in to meet the need for food and medicines. We pray that families will eventually be reunited. Please comfort them and be with them all during this time of separation. We pray for our own people in New South Wales and Queensland dealing with the devastating damage caused by the greatest floods in our history. Lord, there is so much pain and loss, especially the loss of homes, the loss of businesses, the loss of jobs to enable people to financially support themselves as they try and rebuild. The task is enormous, Lord, but you know better than any of us what is needed. Thank you for the many people who have travelled across Australia to Queensland and New South Wales to help with the clean-up. Again, we pray for your guidance for all the leaders in government and the community as they try to provide the help that is needed to rebuild broken lives. And we pray for a fair go from the insurance companies for claims to be handled quickly and smoothly. The people here and in the Ukraine are in desperate need of you, Lord. Jesus, only you can heal the heartbreak, despair and sense of loss. This is what people have because of the sheer scale of what they are suffering. Be with them all, Lord, we pray. 
Strengthen your church throughout the world, including us, Lord, to be your loving arms, hands and feet, to provide whatever help we can, to share the love and hope that you give and to pray for people, to be that light in the darkness. We give all thanks to you, Father, and we pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Good morning. Thank you, Carol, for a lovely prayer. We really don't know what to pray often, do we, in these terrible times, except thy will be done. Help us, Lord. Well, good morning. Good morning, uh, church, and to those online. It's a joy to be with you this morning. In fact, quite a lot of people. I thought you'd all be um, camping somewhere, but here we are. It's great. Now, I've put this font too small, so I can't read it, so I'll have to put my glasses on. Start with page one, always helps. Sorry? No, no, that's thank, thanks, Joe. No, that's, that's lovely. Okay, well, my wife's uh, late father, George Chapman, he was a wonderful elder. He was a, an elder statesman. He was a wonderful guy. And he used to sit. He had a lovely armchair, a rocking armchair, and he would sit the first thing in the morning and he would talk to the Lord and he would say, Lord, who do you want me to go and see today? And he would sit there quietly and after a while a number of names would come to him. He'd write them down and off he would go and he'd start to visit these people and it was amazing the number of people who would say, how did you know? Why have you come today? And it was always the right time, always the right... You know, he was just an amazing man. He just had this uh, sensitivity to visit the people on the, at the right time. Uh, he was a very generous man. Um, but he also wasn't silly. Uh, one, one man came up to him once uh, during, after a church service and he said, George, George, he said, the Lord's told me you're going to buy me a radio. Oh, he said, that's interesting. He said, hasn't told me. <laughs> so... <laughs> So the title of the sermon comes from a, a book of the same name, uh, which is called Hearing, or as the title's up here, I think it's Hearing from God. It's by uh, the late Dallas Willard, and I know Richard's uh, said he's read it three times. It's an amazing book, and uh, you, you understand, of course, this morning that... Um, uh, sorry, I need to, need to acknowledge that I've taken, I've taken quite a bit out of this, the exercise we're going to do, and quite a number of the statements, so I, I'm not claiming this at all. Kosha, this is uh, a lot of it's Dallas Willard, but read it. It is a fantastic book. And you understand too that when we tackle a subject like this, I mean, it's huge. And uh, we can't cover all the topics and uh, all the answers. And, and many times we raise more, more questions uh, than, than the answers provided. But the answer is read the book um, and, and do your own research and you'll, you'll enjoy it. Uh, it is really a, a, a wonderful journey. Hearing from God can be a, or in fact, is a paradox. Now, I, I, I got to about grade, uh, and it doesn't matter, uh, but paradox is a big word. It, 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 the dictionary says it's a seemingly absurd or contradictory statement or proposition which, when investigated, may, well, may prove to be well-founded. So it appears to be one thing, but in fact is actually something else. And so when people are talking about hearing from God... On one hand, there's a lot of evidence. We read the Bible and we hear all these stories and we hear stories here in church and people say, I've heard from God. And yet there are other people who don't know how to, how to translate that. They, they don't understand the language. They don't understand how, how this works. Um, and it's actually quite a mystery to them. And uh, for a lot of people, you walk out there in the street and say, I was talking to God this morning and he and I had a conversation they would think you should be in Glenside. Um, it's, you know, it's, 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 very, it's a foreign language. We had a, uh, years ago, we, we used to run a thing called the Alpha Course, which was a Christian inquiry course. It was a wonderful way of uh, coming to know Jesus and, and learning about him. And uh, we had one young lady who was journeying with us, and uh, she said, oh, she said, you're always going banging on about um, uh, God speaking to you. He never speaks to me. And we said, just you wait, just you wait. Keep reading the book, keep reading, listening. You're, you're. And then she came back a couple of weeks later, very excited. She said, oh, she said, he's speaking to me all the time. And she finally worked out how to turn the dial. And uh, so she, she learned the language and understood that, in fact, God speaks to all of us. I want this to be a bit interactive, please. So I'm glad the children are here. This is great because they, they are at least interactive. They're just fabulous. Um, so I, I'd like to, I know, look, some of this is singing to the choir, they say, but please tell me 
some of the ways that you think that God speaks to us. So young people in the front row or young people in the front row? <laughs> what are the ways? Sing out. Come on. Don't be brave. Some at the back. Yes. Thank you. Thought in our mind and perhaps using language also that we wouldn't normally have used in real life or a thought that we would normally... Yeah, I think the language... That's interesting. That's a lovely thought. Thank you. It's a thought in our mind. It's sometimes not even the language, that our everyday language. So it's a sort of different different voice. Thank you. Lovely. Yes, Jet. Through a series of events, when you ask the question, different things pop up. Lovely. Thank you. That's great. Wonderful. Come on, you're full of ideas. Come on, come on, come on. Jokes. Through other people? Through other people, absolutely. Skylar, are you going to say this? No? Music. Music, absolutely. Yes. Good. Good. Okay, sorry, I'm a little bit deaf, so if, if I look blank at you, and, and I, I, I used to travel on a train with this guy, and I could read, read his lips most of the time, we'd have quite a good conversation, but ever so often he'd look away. And I go, mm, yes, yes. And he'd, and he'd look at me and I go, oh, I didn't quite get that right, did I? <laughs> okay, uh, other things, films, films and books. Amazing, isn't it? How, how God speaks through books and films is just amazing. Um, so nature, thank you. Lovely, nature, absolutely. The heavens declare the glory of the God. One more, one more. Scriptures. Scriptures, way. Somebody had to say it. Well done, Kathy. Thank you. All right, there's a few more, but... Okay, even prophecy. Well, that's what Joe is saying. It's a word from somebody else. Okay, so God speaks to the church, perhaps in more general ways. So we've just had, uh, you know, we had Vision Sunday. So the leadership team go away and they seek God. And so in the last few seasons, a number of years, we've had Puzzle Person growing deeper, stepping out, uh, and this year making a difference. So, you know, the, the, uh, Sam's been speaking to us on prioritising our time with Jesus, tithing our time, reading the scriptures, loving one another, gathering one anothering one another, and uh, the change our outlook, seeing Jesus, uh, seeing people through Jesus' eyes. Remember about accents and glasses. I'm glad I got my glasses here this morning. Okay. He speaks to individuals. Now, here's a story. I hope the children might enjoy this one. When I first came to know Jesus... I, uh, I, I came from England, and uh, so I wrote to my dad, and uh, this sort of epistle of St. Michael to uh, the heathen in Britain, and uh, I wrote this uh, very unwise, very simplistic letter to my dad saying, you need to get saved, whatever that meant, uh, and a lot of religious jargon, and uh, Anyway, sent it off thinking, you know, I found the Lord, you need to find him too, and this is wonderful, and hallelujah. And blew it up on all the Christianese. So I'm staying with a friend of mine, and I'm reading my Bible, which is a good thing to do. And I came across a verse in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. It says, Jesus says, I haven't come to bring peace, but a sword. And he goes on saying he'll actually set his father against the son and mother against daughter, and he said, this, that in fact, following me can cause division. I just did not understand it. So I read, I read the chapter either side, I read the page either side, and uh, twice, three times, still kept coming back like this verse was flashing off the page. And uh, I thought, I don't understand this. So I said, well, I'm going to sleep now. Shut, turn the light off, read it again. Put the light on, read it again. Tried to go to sleep, turn the light off, read it again. And this went on about five or six times. I read this passage and I thought, I'm sorry, I just don't get it. The next morning, I went to the post box. There was a letter from my father, which after I read it, I burst into tears. It was a, uh, a probably very just reply to a very simplistic letter, but it was quite scathing. And uh, don't preach to me. If you want to preach, go off and find some, some you know, somebody somewhere else and go and preach to them and blah, 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 but don't preach to me. And uh, it was actually very cutting uh, and probably, I say, you know, cut me off at the knees. But, and of course, I, you just cried. This is my dad, you know, I'm just trying to tell him good news. And now he's, and then, ping, that scripture, 
came back that I was set father. Now, there's, an, there's a happy ending to this story that after probably about 30 years of going backwards and forwards and uh, loving dad, um, we, we came to a really good understanding and uh, he really accepted the, the decision that I'd made and uh, we, we, we had great peace and when dad passed, uh, there was nothing there was nothing between us. It was a wonderful story. But just this, sometimes God speaks to us and we don't understand it. Something jumps out of the book, out of the scriptures, and we just don't get it. But later on, the Lord will reveal it to us. Okay, so how do we believe the Bible stories? Unless we can accept that the people about whom these stories were written were real people, real live people, the Bible will remain unreal to us. You know, if we just think it's fairy stories or something that happened thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, it's not relevant. It is relevant. These were ordinary people like you and I experienced these same things. They felt very much as we would have done if we'd been there. And unless this comes home to us, that these are real people, real stories, real incidents, we'll find the Bible to be unreal because it will have no experiential substance and it will just become a book of words, a book of doctrine, or as often happens, we stop reading it altogether because we just don't see it's relevant. But if we believe the stories, and I thought the children's church last week was just fabulous. Uh, the, the, well on Joe and the team, it was just great. But they're real stories. You know, how would you feel to be, uh, what, what can we think, Melbourne football ground or something, and you're standing in front of the three of you, pulled out in front of thousands of people and the, uh, the king says, or the prime minister says, no, you'll bow down. And the, you go, nah, <laughs> nah, not, not doing that. I mean, put yourself in that position. They had such trust in God. They said, oh, we don't care if, if you kill us. We know where we're going. And you think of those stories and the stories of David and Goliath. I mean, he was a gutsy young man. He went off and slayed the flipping giant. I mean, it's wonderful. They are true stories. If we believe them, then the Bible becomes alive to us. Do you get the point? I'm sure you do. So it's, but, but if we don't, and people start saying, I, I question the Bible, it can't be true, then people stop reading it. It's a horrible thing. Jesus says to us, don't be just listeners, but put the words into action. We've got to be careful that we don't think that our outward and visible parts of our religious practices or, or the substance things that we do it, is that it was really the doing part of our religion if we do all these things we'll be okay I, I, I'm always fascinated when you watch some of the the gangster movies and you get the uh, 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 the Italian mafias guys and they they send all their their children, they dress them up and they send them off to their first uh, to the baptism or to their first communion, and, um, and then they go off and they, and they ask the father to bless them, and then they, you know, they've got their nice suits on, and then five minutes later they're out of the machine gun, <laughs> murdering people, and you think, mm, not sure about that. So it's things such so the things that we do, attending uh, services. Uh, partaking in the ordinances, it's a big word, isn't it? The baptisms, marriage, and some of the things that we do as a church, uh, even participating in, in the Lord's Supper. We come together. These are the things that we do. But to quote a lovely commentator, J.C. Riles, it's not so much by noisy public demonstration, and we're really good at that, aren't we? We're the happy, clappy people. Uh, it, it's not, but it's the quiet, still, quiet work of the Spirit on our hearts that causes God's work to prosper. It is Christ's words entering into our consciences, which is spirit and life. Now, I'd like, love you to participate in an exercise, and we're going to learn a little bit. Now, for some of you, this will be uh, old hat. Some of you will be absolutely brand new. Some of you are already practising this. Some of you are actually journaling, which is wonderful. Now, um, it might be hard, might even be boring. Well, others will get a great deal out of it and are already uh, practising it, such as Marion Mays. I see at the back there is learning to be, to be quiet. And on Wednesday, I'll give you a plug, Wednesday this week, t 10 o'clock here for a cup of tea and some quiet. Wasn't that lovely this morning? Carol invited us to be quiet. What's going on here? We like being noisy. And the Lord is saying to us, shh, be quiet. 
quiet, be still, know that I am God. So what? Uh, uh, the, my first sort of experience when we had a, an exercise like this, and uh, a friend of mine, he took us away on this camp and he gave, us, gave me a sheet of paper and he said, no, I want you to meditate on this. I said, yes, thank you. So I got in my car, my sheet of paper, promptly went to sleep. <laughs> in the afternoon, we had another session. He gave me another piece of paper to think. And guess what? I promptly went to sleep. So I'd ask, please, that if you do go to sleep, don't snore, and coffee will be on soon. But this is, um, this is a, it's a lovely, lovely thing. And I have to say this, in terms of maturity, as I'm learning, and as you know, I like to talk and I like to make a lot of noise, but as I'm learning to be quiet and to be still and to meditate, I'm finding my experience with the Lord going deeper, the things that Sam is being encouraging us to. I'm hearing more. I'm discerning more. Things are changing on the inside. I've had a lot of, I've said this at another church not so long ago, I have been a good churchman. I know how to do the stuff. I know how to do church. But am I a good disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? And that's the question. Am I being changed into his likeness day by day? Is, that the, is the process of his word impacting on my life changing me? Or am I just going through the religious practices? No, it's a bit of both. There's a bit of both in fairness. But I want the balance to be more of being the listener and the hearer. I just encourage you. It's a wonderful journey. I said the first, first response, go to sleep. <laughs> but I progressed a little bit more than that now. And as I'm listening... I'm hearing. You know the story about Mother Teresa? She was interviewed by a, uh, a journalist. And he said, Mother Teresa, may I ask you about your prayer life? How, how does your prayer life work? And she said, oh, she said, well, I, I just uh, spend time with God and uh, I just listen to him. Oh, said the journalist. Well, well, what does he say? Well, actually, he doesn't say much. He listens to me. And she said, if, if you don't understand that, I can't help you. Think about it. It's very interesting, isn't it? Sometimes it's not a shopping list. It's just being with, being with. Okay, so what we're going to do, uh, David, if you'd be kind enough. Um, he who has ears, let him hear. So we're going to do a thing called Lectio Divina. Now, we've got Graham, uh, Graham here, so can you tell us what that means? <laughs> Lectio Divina. See, I caught him. He was going to sleep. He, he wasn't, actually. He, 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 sorry, go on. Sorry. That was unfair. Lectio Divina. A divine word. Listen, thank you. Thank you. I knew, I knew you'd know. I, I won't pick on anybody else, really. <laughs> sorry, Graham. That was very unfair. Lecto Divina, originally a, mon a monastic practice, and it's not meant as an intellectual study of the Bible, but a means of communicating with God. So I ask you just to be quiet, prepare yourself to receive from God, close your eyes, but don't go to sleep. Quieten yourselves, breathe in and out slowly, and ask God to give you an openness to whatever the Spirit wishes to bring to you today. Now, because we've got the children, we're going to have to, to, to do, we're going to do this a couple of times. But may I, well, read with me uh, and we'll just go through. This is the story of, uh, uh, from 1 Kings 19. This is just after Elijah has had this huge battle with the, um, on Mount Carmel where he called the fire of God down to, to burn up the, the sacrifice, which was covered in water. And, um, the people realised it, it was a battle between Baal and God, and finally the, the Baal priests couldn't catch their, they couldn't get their, their offering burnt, uh, but the fire of God came down and burnt everything. And the people said, "God is God. The God is the Lord. God is the Lord." And then they slaughtered the six hundred Baal priests. Now Jezebel was the queen, and she was a nasty piece of work, and she was furious that her priests had been chopped up. So that's the context of this, and it starts. So, so can I read it, but you read with me, if you would, and then we'll go through it again. So Jezebel sent a, a message to a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods uh, do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life 
life as one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and brave man, he ran for his life. He went a day's journey into the wilderness and came out and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I'm no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise, eat. And then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights, as far as Horeb and the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophet with the sword. I alone am left and they seek to take my life. Sorry, it's a bit dramatic. But it was something like, it was sort of pity me. Then he said, then the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And the, behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountain and broke rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord, God of hosts. Because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword, I alone am left and they seek to take my life. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. And also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of oh, a lot of words here, aren't there? Able, and you shall anoint him as a prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Glory. Yet I reserved 7,000 people. He wasn't alone. All whose knees had not bowed to Baal, and every mouth has not kissed him. Okay, you know, most of you know that story. You know the, the still small voice and the rocks. But read it again now. So, David, if you can take us up to the top in a moment. Remembering that those who live these experiences live very much like you and I. So here's Elijah, seen an amazing miracle of God's power. And then he's threatened by a lady, a queen, and he runs for his life. And there's lots of reasons, I'm sure, for that. Listen with the ear of your heart for the following as you just read it quietly to yourself. A word or a phrase, a detail or a special moment of that story that shimmers or stands out as we're talking about, comes, jumps off the page. Where do you find yourself in the passage? Are you the person of Elijah, Jezebel, even the angel? Perhaps the earthquake, the wind or the fire, where do you see yourself? It's not silly or unusual, just let it come to you. Might be unused. And then just be quiet. Don't choose it for yourself. Let the Spirit bring it to you. Even if you don't like it, welcome it with humility and see what happens. So just read that again through quietly to yourselves, if you would. And ask those questions. Who am I in this? What are you saying? Lord, what's jumping off the page to me? So if we can uh, go back to the top and then just read that. I think probably the last paragraph about... Um, Going back to the wilderness, I think if maybe we cut that out, all the bits and names. But just talk about the main story of Elijah running, being fed. Okay, here we go. Okay, anything jumping off? Just 
Okay, we'll just leave that last bit out, thank you. So was there a word or a phrase that stood out to you as you read that? Uh, If you were doing this at home, we'd encourage you to read that a third or a fourth time as you go through it slowly and you're really listening with your with your uh, spirit, your spirit, your ear. Was there something that stood out to you? Why do you think these words resonate with you? Who or what did you find yourself in the passage? How does it feel to be this person, this or that object? What drew you? What are you thinking or feeling about God? Is anybody game to speak? Graham, thank you. What stopped me? What struck me, which I hadn't noticed before, was while he was sleeping, the angel spoke to him. And if I'm if I'm um, wanting to find out what's the next step in a situation, I, I can get very active and I can do all sorts of things. I want to explore ways in which God might reveal himself to me. But it was just while he was sleeping, the angel spoke to him. It's when we are completely unable to do anything ourselves that God comes to us. Thank you so much. Skylar, thank you. I didn't notice anything on that, but here in my margin, it says, pray in 1 Kings 19, take a few minutes to listen for God's gentle whisper today. How cool is that? How cool is that? (laughs) And it comes from... (laughs) Well done. Thanks, Skylar. Terrific. Anybody else? Come on, what did you hear or see or sense? Dan, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Just that um, the long journeys, God's going to sustain you and sustain me with food and provisions. Like, so when you're looking ahead and it looks hard and it's going to be far, that He'll provide the mir- the miracle to sustain. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Great. More moving down this end. Look, they're coming up. Uh, uh, Rob and then Willie. Thank you. Uh, I just noticed that uh, after the incredible feat that Elisha did, his statements were all I. I, something or other, I'm not. That was what... Yes, thank you. Thank you. That's right. That's right. I hammed the voice up a bit, but it was a bit, I've been so faithful. I was just touched by the, 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 that God was, you know, the earthquake and the wind and the fire and, and it started me thinking about life and all the hard things I've experienced in life and always wondering why and I still worry. I sometimes say, God, why have you allowed so much stuff in my life? But then the, the thing, the still small voice has always been with me. That still small voice, despite all those hard earthquakes, fire, storms, winds, that still voice is always there. Thank you. I'm working my way down. I'll go back up that way. Anybody here in the back row who are... I shan't pick on anybody. No? Comments? Comments? Any further comments? Oh, Richard, sorry. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? Thank you. That's, uh, I got the same thing. And you can change the, the inflection. What are you doing here, Elijah? <laughs> Sorry, Sam. Uh, Elijah felt alone. Uh, but in reality, he wasn't alone. And at the end, in the story, there were actually other people he didn't realise. But also God was with him. Thank you. Again, it's reinforcing, isn't it? We're not alone. Jill, thank you. Great. Well done. Um, it reminded me very much of a situation donkeys years ago. Somebody in our church in England was fasting and had been fasting for ages. There was a prayer meeting, and a lady in the prayer meeting had a voice, had a word, arise, eat, for the journey is too great for you. And she sat on it for about three days while this poor man continued fasting. And the Lord kept speaking to her, and she finally spoke it out, and he was able to break his fast. So so there's humor in there, but we need to be attentive to what God is saying to us, because it may well be for somebody else and not us at all. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you. 
Couple more. Come on, come on, come on. What the, What are you doing here? Yes. Thank you. Oh, David, yes, thank you. Save me on your own. Thank you. Mrs. Zepesi. No, coming to you. Sorry. Sorry, Lisa. We get there. There sounds to be a lot of pity in there. Pity. Pity. I statements. Very inwardly focused. And I'm being pursued. Uh, why is this happening to me? And not a lot of, God, what are you doing? What should I be taking notice of? Thank you so much. One last one. Mrs Moore? Yes, I was too. Um, I agree he feels, he, he feels alone and he's um, pitying himself, but I find it intriguing that the Lord doesn't actually answer any of that and he just um, says, go and return on your way through the desert to Damascus and when you've arrived there you shall anoint Hazel as king of, over Assyria and you shall anoint Jehu the son of Nimshi as king over Israel and Belisha the son of Shaphat who is from Abel-Meholah you shall anoint to be a prophet in your place. And then um, further on, it shows that he actually obeys the Lord. So he has none of his questions or concerns answered, really. Um, but he just goes, okay. <laughs> um, but in it all, you can see that the Lord is actually with him. Yes. So, Thank you so much. Now, you notice how I wanted to avoid that last verse, but um, we couldn't, see, so not, not being obedient. Thank you. Thank you. You picked up the last paragraph, which I thought would... And ignore, but you've got a lot out of it. Fantastic. One more. One more. One more. There's a voice. Sorry. Um, I just found it fascinating how after seeing fire come down and, you know, ignite a pyre and then, you know, cut through 600 priests and all this sort of stuff, like it's, it's like this immediate... Um, just loss of of uh, trusting God out of nowhere, and it's like I don't know. For me, it spoke to this idea that you can kind of you can f- fluctuate a lot in terms of your, you know, one minute you can see evidences and you can have you know see the power of God in your life, and then in a moment you let go of that and it's such a fleeting thing sometimes and it just was sort of yeah it felt very human for a very spiritual person (laughs) absolutely absolutely wonderfully picked up thank you yeah well done um it's a lovely story isn't it and and what is so beautiful is that for each of you sitting here it was probably it was different you saw something different and that's how wonderful we are all unique god speaks to us individually shows us different things um uh, my Bev, uh, we're, we're talking about this, and she, uh, sorry, I, I read it twice, and so the second time I ran away. And just what Soren's saying, how often it is that we can have an, a huge experience with God, see some amazing things, a real mountaintop experience, and then the next day we're, we're running away, where's God? And, uh, you know, you can put that inflection on the question. God asked some amazing questions. Where are you? He knew, of course, he knew exactly why he was there. But where are you? You know, what, what, what's happened? And Bev and I, when we were talking about it, she said, he, I think he just had a breakdown. He'd been so pressured by this huge experience, the things that have been going on, or this, this great battle between the forces of uh, uh, evil, uh, dark and light. And uh, you know, God had answered this prayer in the most amazing way. And then she goes, I'll get you. And he runs. Because I think he's had enough. He really says that I've had enough. I've had enough. And Bev said that you know, in her battle with health, there came a point where you know we like to be triumphalistic. We believe in God. We're pushing through. And and Graham picked up on this point so beautifully. There comes a point where actually we can't fight anymore. We actually have to let go. And uh, you you go, I can't do this anymore. And Bev said to you, when she reached that point, he said things started to change. And she learned, in fact, to, to go and be quiet 
and, and to recognise that she couldn't do these things in, in her own strength. And she prayed and people had prayed. But when she learned to be quiet, when she listened, her strength came from God, not the I. So it's, it's just lovely. Thank you. You picked up so much out of that story in just a few minutes. Now you imagine if you were to do that on a regular basis. The story I wanted to tell was the second second one was uh, uh, Elisha when he, after he becomes his anointed and he becomes the, the next prophet and uh, uh, the, um, he, he's, uh, he's telling the king uh, what, what's happening. His enemies are coming uh, around and, and they're, they're, uh, he keeps telling him what the secrets are, where they're going to ambush them and what's happening and the king gets, the, the, the other king gets really angry and he says, who's, who's the traitor in our camp? And the, the story goes on, you know, eventually they said, well, it's Elisha and, and he's at Dothan. So they send this huge army and they surround the village where, or the town where he is. And this, Elisha's uh, servant gets up in the morning and he sees all these chariots and, and thing. And uh, he says, well, master, what are we going to do? And he says, oh, Lord, open his eyes. And he opens his eyes and he said, in the, in the hills, he sees all the chariots of fire and uh, there's God's army is massive and which is surrounding. So he saw rea- he saw God's reality and that's the story. But that was too short, you see. So we, you got a lot more out of, out of this one. But, but again, you think how for us often we see we're surrounded by the enemy. We cannot see the truth of God who is around us, who is in everything, who is for us. Yeah, so thank you for, for that. I just hope that whets your attitude. Some of you haven't done it before. I know some, some of others, so thank you for bearing with me. But if you were to do that just even once a week in your devotions, find a passage of Scripture. Sorry, sorry. yes? It's the Lion of Judah fighting our battles. It's, it's a, Absolutely, the Lion of Judah fighting our In fact, I've been singing that all week, so thank you, Sunday School. Um, uh, not, what was it about? Well, be bold, be strong. And I was struggling a bit and I just trying to put this message together. I've never been so distracted all my life. It just seems just I have an attention span of about 30 seconds and this week it was about 10. Um, and I just couldn't keep my thoughts together. But it's amazing that, yeah, and I kept that song, kept going through my head, be, be, be bold, be strong. For the Lord thy God is with me. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Okay. So I hope that's just given you a taste of Lecto Divini. Some of us have already done that. But try it and be quiet. It's most unusual for us to actually be still, but the stiller we are, it seems the more we learn. I think, I think that's about it. There's a prayer, I know that. But there are some other bits that you'll see underneath uh, as part of this process, uh, reflecting the meditato, medito, uh, rest, uh, responding, after you read the passage, uh, talk to God about what you think the Spirit might have said to you or what came to you. Pray in whatever way you need to pray. You might thank God for something or ask God for something. And then rest. Isn't that lovely? And rest. Do as you're led. You may wish to wait on God, to be simply with God. You may wish to pay attention to God, pondering especially how God's seemed in that passage to you. What makes you want to worship God? Or at least be with him. Sit in the companionship of God, the one who invites you to come away and be with him. And I found that the, I think the second time I did that, I was tiptoeing around the room. There was such a, there was such a quietness. That I was actually, it was amazing. It's just an amazing experience of just sensing God's presence and his peace, of just not wanting to break the silence. Okay. Carol addressed this this morning, but in the extraordinary times that we live in, everything that can be shaken is beginning to shake. Uh, Even a 52-year-old cricketing man died of a heart attack. You know, it's just something else which is unusual, isn't it? Just something else apart from all the other things for those of you who are great sports fans it's so important that we have an overarching account or, the, uh, or an understanding an interpretation of the, vet, the events 
the meta-narrative, the big picture. Um, Emerson, I think it was, who said, don't let the hours dictate to you what the years and centuries have done. And so today, you know, in the modern media, they're telling us all sorts of stories. Half of it, I'm sorry, is not true. It's a beat-up. Um, there's a lot of stuff, people saying we should be this, we should be that, we should be trying this. This wise man said, don't let the trends, the fads of the day knock you out of kilter for what the years and the centuries have told us. And that is how God is faithful. God is in control. And even as Willie said, when things we don't even understand, the still small voice, the presence of God is with us. Even in, even in the difficult times, God is with us. I just, I just so commend the children's church. It was just, just lovely. Those, you know, the songs and the actions. And we can laugh at that and say, wasn't that fun? Isn't it great to watch it? We love to see our kids do things. But they're true stories. They're true stories. And as we get into that story and as we believe God, he will change our lives. Let's finish with a prayer, if I may. Lord, we thank you that although this is a broken world and it's not as you had originally designed it, we thank you that you're still sovereign. You're bringing all things ultimately under your rule. Thank you for reminding us, although we live in a world that is full of trickery and temptation and we don't have the power within ourselves to fight it, but that you fight on our behalf, the Lion of Judah. And finally, Lord, we thank you that we're not alone and you promise to be with us always until the end. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. Um, we're going we're to sing in a moment, but I just, I just felt like it was really important to share. The Lord's been speaking, obviously, to many of you. And to continue in that uh, sense of meditating on what that word is for you, uh, Skylar said that the Lord speaks to you in, in music. And we're going to sing now. And I really encourage you to continue to, to push into what the Lord's been speaking to you personally about. It might be that, hey, yeah, we chase after the, the big things and the victories, but as soon as suffering comes, you know, where is our faith? Where are you, Elijah? <laughs> Whatever it is, can I encourage you to, to continue to be in that moment? Close your eyes. Ask the Lord to continue to speak to you, to fill out that word, and that you might respond to it and, and hear more from him uh, as we sing. So feel free to stand, feel free to lift your hands, feel free to sit, kneel. We're going to sing a song and I just encourage you to just to be in that moment. Lord, Lord, will you speak to us as we sing? Amen. thank you for your word today uh, how wonderful it is to hear from you in a in a general and in a communal way and also in a personal way where we stop and listen you speak for us and you speak to us when there's so much noise vying for our attention and our energy we're reminded that, that you can strengthen us and I ask you to teach us the discipline to stop and to listen and hear from you and that you will speak. Amen.
There's a number of opportunities to continue to do that. You can join us in, if you feel like you want to pray or you want to spend some time in prayer, you can do that in the prayer room after the service. There is also uh, Marion's group, uh, which is very much centred around stopping and listening, and that's happening this Wednesday morning here at the church. And, of course, the prayer night, I encourage everyone along Thursday night uh, again here at the church. So I hope you go into your week in peace and have a wonderful uh, rest of your long weekend. Thanks, everyone.